I'm Carol Christopher. I'm the CEO of Ella's Day Skin Science. And what I love about beauty is all of the technology and science that's being brought to this old and very large category. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Hi, it's Abby Wallach for Beauty Is Your Business, and I'm here with my co-host, Mimi. Hello. And we have Carol Christopher here today, and we're so excited to have you, Carol. Nice to meet you. It's great to meet you and Mimi, and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You have such an incredible background, really very in-depth, and there's so much to talk about. I think it would be great if you could share with our audience just a quick overview of what you've done in the past and as a PhD and where you're at today. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. I would say my career hallmarks have been about making pivots and being open to switching industries. So I started out in the consumer packaged goods industry. I worked for a little soap company in Cincinnati. Some of you may have heard of Procter & Gamble. (laughs) And then after I got my chemical engineering degree, I worked for the Clorox company. And after that, I pivoted and went into the pharmaceutical industry, first in marketing, since I had classic brand management training. And then I moved more on to the R&D side, pharmaceuticals. After 25 years of that, I made another pivot. I took a break and went and got a PhD in economic anthropology. To be honest, that was just needing to have a break from Silicon Valley, and it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I spent a lot of time in India researching CEOs of venture capital-backed companies there. So learned a lot and was still able to keep a foot in the biotech and the entrepreneurial worlds. So that was a lot of fun. And then I came back to biotech and most recently came to Ellis Day about four years ago. And I felt like it was just the perfect harmonization of all my experiences. There was a consumer-facing business opportunity but also a great technology challenge where we needed to develop some technology. So I feel like this is a great culmination of a lot of my experiences. Can you give us a little bit of a deeper insight into what, how do you define biotechnology? What does that exactly mean? Well, I love that question because I think it's used loosely now to encompass traditional pharmaceuticals, meaning small molecules for therapeutic purposes. And now, though, biotech started out being about technology, new ways to develop diagnostics, to understand mechanisms of disease and mechanisms of drugs. But now I think it encompasses some very new approaches to therapeutics other than small molecules. A lot of the newer drugs are large molecules, they're proteins, they're stem cells, all of that we think of as biotechnology. That's super interesting. Can you tell us more about actually um, LS Day Skin Science and how the biotechnology fits within the brand and the products that you create? Sure. So LS Day's foundation is about using natural bacteriophages, phage for short, 
even though I'd been in the biotech world, I had never heard of phages when I came to Ellis Day. And they are part of any natural microbiome, which we're all learning is the little unseen microbial world that's in our gut, it's on our skin, it's in the oceans, it's in clouds. Anywhere there is this very rich, diverse environment of fungi, bacteria, viruses, and lots of other little microbes that generally live together happily in a very stable situation. And phages, these natural antibacterial agents, had been used in medicine for about 100 years. And what's interesting is they were primarily used in Eastern Europe. That's where phages were discovered about 100 years ago. And that's where they've been used therapeutically pretty consistently over the last century. The reason they weren't developed in the West is that we got on board with antibiotics. And all of us, I know, have had experiences with broad-spectrum antibiotics, either topicals for a skin condition, or we've taken antibiotics systemically for some kind of infection. And we've all heard things about antibiotic resistance happening. And that's because we've all been so attuned to antibiotics now, the bacteria have gotten smart and have become resistant to it. So now in the West, there's this renewed interest in phages, which are these natural antibacterial agents. And what's really unique about them is unlike antibiotics, they're very targeted. So think of it as for every kind of bacteria, there is a specific kind of phage that kills only that bacteria. It doesn't mess with any of the other bacteria or fungi or other little microbes in your microbiome. People are talking about the microbiome. We hear a microbiome all over. I think it's a very hot topic right now. But to your point, phages, is there a lot of education that needs to be done? Because this sounds like a very important part of skincare now, specifically when you're treating different kinds of concerns. Absolutely. And we're seeing it both on the therapeutic side of skincare. So for conditions that have a bacterial component. So there are a lot of skin conditions like psoriasis that are not bacterial, they're autoimmune. And so phages would not be appropriate for that. But there are other skin diseases and conditions like acne that clearly are bacterial in nature. And so that's a perfect place for phages to be used. And particularly on skin where you don't wanna mess up the good stuff that's supposed to be on your skin because it's a defense mechanism, it's a good barrier from all the other onslaughts on your skin. So we started out looking at acne. We're also looking at other skin concerns, but finding the phages that target just the bacteria that cause acne is a great place to start to show how effective and promising phages are in skincare. Carol, can you share with us a little bit about the development, what's the R&D process that you've gone through with the focus of LSD skincare? And how have you come to launching your products in the market? What has been the R&D technology with this method? I'm assuming it's a method and a process that you've developed, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but that would be very interesting to share from to have that deeper insight. That's really what we have invested in in building the company is identifying the phages that will target just the problem bacteria that are associated with conditions like acne or hormonal breakouts 
and the associated redness and inflammation. But once you find them, then how do you put them in a topical cosmetic so that they're consumer friendly? So in the therapeutic world where phages are used for systemic conditions, you know, cost is far less of an issue and you're delivering them usually for a very acute or short period of time. But in skincare, of course, we're thinking about things we want people to use as a routine every day. And we want them to use something that comes in a bottle that can sit on their bathroom shelf. So we had to address things like phages don't like heat, they don't like light, and they don't like extreme cold. So they're a little fussy. Can I ask you about the phages? Could you explain exactly what that is? Is there a layman terms? Is there something that so we can have a little clarity around that so we can understand the whole scope? So they are a type of microbe. Technically, they are a virus because a virus, by definition, kills bacteria. So that's why phages are a virus. You know, we've come a long way in understanding microbes. 30, 40 years ago, everyone thought all bacteria was bad, that bacteria was synonymous with germs. Now we know there's good bacteria that you want in your gut and on your face, and there's bad bacteria. And the same thing is true with viruses or phages. You know, there's phages that you want on your skin. They are good viruses. That's technically what they are. And they're very, very tiny, even in relation to a bacteria. So I love Googling and finding these little microscopic photographs because the bacteria might look like a big cold capsule and the phage on top of it looks like a little Apollo moon lander is the best way to describe it. (laughs) And what it does is inject its DNA into the bacterium and that's how it goes about replicating and in doing so, the bacterium bursts apart and dies. So that's a, a very specific way that the phages work. Super helpful. And also it's helpful that you can explain it kind of in layman's terms because this is a whole new concept for people to grasp, which I think is super important. Speaking of a new concept, I'm very curious about the Science of Beauty Collective that you created. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, that is been very exciting for me personally because I've really been kind of a lone soldier in a lot of things I've done. And I hadn't really embraced in particular the women founders and other businesses in this industry. I was new to the beauty industry. But what I found is I started reaching out to investors, particularly women investors, And some of them would introduce me to other women founders. And as I got to know five or six of them, I realized a common theme was they were really committed to having evidence-based or data-backed claims and developing their businesses in a new way that was, they wanted to abide by kind of higher standards. The cosmetic industry has a bad name in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of claims can't be substantiated. And so I was really impressed. I'm an engineer. I came from the biotech world. So I was impressed to see that here we are in the cosmetic space that I was thinking of as kind of the Wild West. And here were a group of women that were really trying hard, you know, to develop their products and their businesses and hold themselves to a higher standard. And so we all decided... Let's get together. We can help each other. We can mentor and educate other 
founders of, the, of new beauty businesses. And so that's really how it evolved um, last January. So it's been around almost a year now. That's so interesting because I'm sure as you were starting to build your brand and your business to see and hear that there are other people like you doing things, which is always such a great, it's like the jewel, right? When you can find like minds that can understand the knowledge and the insight and the depth considering your background, which is really so incredibly impressive. So I'd love to know a little bit more and dig back into the actual R&D of the skincare that you've developed. That would be very, I know we moved away into the phages because I was trying to follow, but now we understand that, right? Mimi, you know what the phages are. So now how does that apply into this skincare line and how are you moving forward with your R&D and what does that look like? Right. So after you identify the right phages... There is a big process in figuring out how to produce them. So the way phages are made is a microbial fermentation process. I like to think of it like sourdough bread. You have to have a little starter batch of phage, and then you have to grow up bacteria because phages don't come alive unless they're in the presence of the bacteria that they were designed to eat or eradicate. So the microbial fermentation process is you grow up a batch of bacteria and then you inoculate it with a little bit of phage, like a starter, like if you're making your sourdough bread. And then the phages begin to replicate because they have all this bacteria that they love to eat. They have all of that around. And so the process of how you do that, there are lots and lots of variables to optimize and we spent a considerable amount of time, more than a year doing that, because this process used to be very expensive in medicine. But in medicine, having a dose or a, a short-term phage treatment that costs $5,000 was well worth saving a life, of course. But in cosmetics, you can't have a 30-day supply of something cost $5,000. So we had to work hard to figure out how to make a much more efficient phage production process, and then how to purify the phage so we didn't have any bacteria left over in what we put in our cosmetic product. So that was a huge hurdle to overcome, making that cost-effective for skincare. And then we had to formulate it, you know, be it in a serum. We have a serum and a spray. And as I mentioned, phages don't like light or heat, and they don't like some cosmetic ingredients. So we had to work hard to make sure the phages would be stable at room temperature in what consumers perceive as kind of normal formulations like serums and sprays. So that was a big piece of it. How are you educating the consumer with this new mission and discovery, I guess, about what you've developed and the science of beauty. Is that proving to be challenging or is are you at that moment yet? Mimi and I have been in the beauty industry for a long time, so we're pretty knowledgeable. We don't know everything, but we've been around. I haven't heard of this before. So it's just interesting. I'm curious to know on the education side, because now you have this brilliant product. Love to try it, see what it's all about. How do you educate the consumer in a way that it speaks to them so they can process the science of beauty and achieve the results 
that they need, right? Because at the end of the day, bottom line, everybody just wants it, the work done. Like, how do you get it done? Just fix me, right? <laughs> and to add to what Abby's saying, you know, I work in social media. So the first thing I did is went onto your Instagram and made sure to follow LS Day Skincare. And what I noticed directly, which was super helpful for me to learn about the brand, the other thing that I saw that it was for all skin types. So that's huge. So the fact that you have this technology and the products, and I look at your Instagram and I see women of all races represented and very inclusive. Can you tell us more about that, about how you do educate and pass that message on to Abby's point? Well, that has certainly been an evolutionary process, I'll say. When we started out 18 months ago, if you look through some of our emails back then or some of our original Instagram posts, we talked a lot about phage science because we were so immersed in it and we're so close to it. We wanted consumers to be equally excited about what we were able to do with phages, these wonderful little natural antibacterial agents. But what we've learned and have seen reinforced over the last 18 months that we've been on the market is no consumer has ever asked us about phages. They've never asked, what is a phage? Is it a virus? I mean, anyone can Google and you'll see very exciting stories about the life-saving power of phages, but you'll also see it's a virus and we thought that might scare off consumers. But what we've found is exactly what you're saying, Abby. What people care about is results and being able to educate people on who this product is for. So there's a foundation of being able to say it's good for all skin types and it's an important part of any skincare regimen, we believe, because everyone normally should have phages on their skin. So you don't have acne, Mimi or Abby, so you probably have a nice amount of these antibacterial phages on your skin. And all the things that get thrown at your skin, environment, how you eat, you don't get enough sleep, even some cosmetic ingredients can disrupt your microbiome. And all of a sudden the bad stuff kind of gets the upper hand for a few days, you know, and you get a pimple somewhere and you think, where did that come from? But if you have these natural phages on your skin, it'll go away pretty quickly on its own. You don't need to go to the drugstore and get benzoyl peroxide or anything. <laughs> So let me ask you, that's very interesting. Actually, it's funny. I had a pimple. I showed up at a dinner. Finally, I'm out and about. And someone said, you have a pimple. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what do you want me to It was really funny. I was cracking up. My question is, is this a system that you use? Is it something that, are your serums or your products used every single day? Is it you know, what is the most effective way to build this product and these phages into your lifestyle and your beauty routine, right? Because now I'm thinking, okay, is, you know, some things you use all the time and you have your system and your regimen and your routine and as you age, you change it or you grow and evolve. Is this something that you just use? Like, am I using it today? Am I using it for a month? What is your goal for the customer and their process? Our goal is to have this be a normal part of people's skincare routine. Even though there's an element of problem solution, meaning, okay, you have a breakout, you know, you have hormonal acne, whatever, a flare up, whatever you want to call it. People are accustomed to saying, okay, I'll go get something that deals with that acutely that will dry up the pimple or cover up the redness or any of those things. But this is a very different approach. And I like to think of it as, you know, your skin is 
pretty smart, and if it has the right things on it, it can manage the situation itself. It doesn't happen overnight, but in two, three, four days, you will see a big difference. You'll see inflammation and irritation go down. You'll see no redness, and your skin will get back to being healthy and normal. And we certainly have learned that even with the feedback we get from customers that they'll say, I used this for a while and then I ran out and I had another breakout. So I can't ever run out now. <laughs> but it's not a drying agent the way benzoyl peroxide would be. or it's, So it's not an acute product. It's something we definitely would want people to incorporate in their regimen. We have customers who are 15 and we have customers who are 70. A third of our customers are men, which has been really exciting to see and hear about their thought process in deciding to use this. Yes, some people are struggling with breakouts on a regular basis. Other people say, I'm using this so I won't get breakouts because they realize they've had them in the past. So it's a range of people, but the education component, I think, is beginning to take hold where people realize this is a natural part of what healthy skin needs to have. Super important. You know, I struggle with acne for some reason in my 40s now, like a teenager just pops up and people have been telling me it's hormonal. But I have a question. If someone wants to find you, where do they find your products? We right now just sell on our own website. So we are looking at not only expanding to other e-tailers, but also going into more highly curated brick and mortar. I don't think we're ready for Sephora and Ulta. We just introduced our fourth and fifth SKU, so we're still small in terms of our footprint. So we'd like to develop the business a bit more. And frankly, I love the direct interaction that we have with our customers. We have a very healthy repurchase rate, and I answer all the customer service emails, and I have to say that's the absolute favorite part of my job because I get to talk you know, so to speak, with customers. I hear ideas from them. I hear what they're struggling with. For example, we just launched the cleanser and moisturizer this week. And that really came out of going through customer emails. And the number one question we got was people sending you screenshots of the labels from all the other products they use and saying, is this compatible? I want to make sure I use your product correctly. Is it okay to use this cleanser? What cleanser would you recommend? What moisturizer should I use it? And I was just so impressed with the way people were so thoughtful and conscientious about their skincare and kind of wanting to do it right. And when they were going to try a new product, a prestige product like this, they wanted to give it a fair shake and make sure they're doing everything they can to get the best result. You know, that is so interesting because there's so many products on the market. There's products that have been forever. People, you know, now all of a sudden in the past few years, there's so many choices and options and where do you turn and what do you look at and what do you buy? And But it's interesting to hear, and I guess that goes back to the whole education process, right? They do need to be educated and they do need to know if they're thoughtful, like you said, they'll take that extra step. So that's really great. Wow. To have like the PhD behind this amazing product tell you, well, because, you know, you can use a product. You don't know. Your face breaks out. Who knows? You know, things happen. Do they know they're talking to you? Do you sign your name at the end? Maybe the first time I email with them, I'll say Carol Christopher CEO. And after that, I just sign it Carol. 
I write a, a handwritten note to every customer, every order, because I know, oh, when I get an order from this person, this is the fifth order. Oh, and now she's switched from the balancing phage serum to the hydrating phage serum because it's winter. And I feel like it's my little family here. And I, I love knowing what's going on with them and say, let me know if you change anything else about your skincare regimen and I can help you adjust, you know, which products you use from us. You know, you're putting your personal time or your personal touch is how the best communities are made in the beauty industry because you're creating products based on a real need that you're hearing. You're interacting with the community and showing that their voice matters. And then you're actually connecting with them on and offline from having that handwritten note, but also knowing where they are in their skincare journey. Not a lot of CEOs do that. That's incredible. Well, it, it certainly gets more difficult as the business gets bigger and more <laughs> complex. And, you know, we didn't have, we weren't like Glossier. I'm not Emily White. So I didn't have a million people following me when we started this business. And yet I totally agree with you, Mimi. You know, if, if we're really trying to build a community, not just book revenue, it's so important, I think, for the CEO to say, I know what our customers are doing, what they're thinking. And they'll tell me how we named the cleanser and moisturizer we reached out to people and it wasn't just take this survey. Why do you think this name's better than this name? What do you think we could do with this name? I love that. Because now all of the barriers to entry have disappeared and everyone wants to have a voice. So to be able to have that community and conversation and that, you know, might lead you in the next direction for your next product, right? Because people have needs. They have, they have problems where they need a solution I mean, that is the way brands and businesses are being built everywhere, but especially in beauty in different verticals, because there's so many founders speaking to specific communities today and ethnicities and skincare types. It's pretty, it's actually amazing. It's an amazing disruption. I know. I think that people actually aspire to be this kind of CEO. You mentioned Emily Weiss from Glossier and, and Glossier started because of this community to your point is that they actually listened. I speak with people all the time on how to, to build the communities and what it means to build a community. And these are the exact steps to do so. You can say that the customer's voice matters, but I love that you're walking the talk. And even as you scale, I'm sure that you'll find a way to, to keep that there. What are your visions for the community or as you grow, what's next? Well, when we started out, it was all about phage technology. And one of the big strategic forks in the road in front of us still is, do we want to stay solely focused on phage technology? And so any kind of skin care, body care, oral care that is needed to address a bacterial issue, we could address that. So you can think about, you know, mouthwash, deodorant, things for your hair and scalp, athletes, but all of those things we could address. And that would be a nice little business, I think. The other thing, fork in the road, is do we want to stay committed to primarily facial skincare? So maybe not every product having phage in it, but being compatible with our phage products and all being based on research about maintaining a healthy skin microbiome. And so I think those are two choices. And I think there are quite a few companies that are looking at those choices. There are companies that started out with 
We're going to have a minimalist, healthy product. And now they're getting into skin microbiome test. Let's get some data from consumers about what's really happening with their skin microbiome. So to your earlier point, Mimi, it's a really rich, exciting, ripe field right now. And companies are taking lots of different paths to try to capitalize on that interest. We're looking at it at me as a chemical engineer, I look at it and say, everything we do needs to be based, number one, on scientific data. Also, because I came out of the pharmaceutical industry, so it's all about clinical data. And then secondly, you know, is it something that's really going to be useful to our community? Are we pushing a product out there when we haven't discovered a need for it yet? Or are we really responding to a true need? because certainly there's a lot of push out there in the beauty industry. I personally don't think that's the best way to build a business. Such a fascinating background and story, Carol. Can you share a final thought with our audience just about beauty or your passion for the business and the brand that you're building? I think in building a business, and I've done this in both the biotech businesses that I've founded as well as this, is not only being evidence-based or science-backed, but being true to meeting a need or solving a problem, not just having a technology and trying to force-fit it onto a target customer. And so with all the great ideas we could come up with as far as new products for LSA, to me, the ultimate question is, Tell me a customer or a potential customer that has articulated a need for this product because I'm not interested in developing something that we can then push onto customers because I certainly as a consumer feel that onslaught of things being pushed on me. And it's very confusing to me, even with things I know, and I know only a very small part of the industry compared to what both of you know. And yet I just feel like, the industry is so enormous and so wildly competitive. And yet consumers are telling us there's still a lot of unmet needs, even with all those products out there. And so I think that speaks to the fact that we as an industry are pushing a lot of products. Some may have beautiful brandings, some may smell good, whatever, but are they really truly meeting a need? And if we don't have the data, and the consumer feedback to say they're meeting a need, then I think you know, you're know you not spending your money wisely and you're not really addressing your community's needs. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It would be great if you can share how our audience can reach out to you. Sure. You can reach us uh, at Ellis Day. You can reach me directly at carol, C-A-R-O-L, at ellisdayskinscience.com. Or our general email is hello at lsdayskinscience.com. Carol, thank you so much for joining us on Beauty is Your Business and sharing your incredible background and story. Mimi, it was fantastic co-hosting with you. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Carol. Lovely to meet you. Great to meet both of you. Thank you so much. Same here. This is Abby Wallach signing off for Beauty is Your Business. <laughs>